I want to kind of piggyback off, uh, not even piggyback, it was a comment that was made on Sunday about, they started talking about faith and how do we stand in faith and uh, how do we maintain in adversity? And I'll be honest, uh, we are in month seven, we're halfway through the year and I've just been looking at the prophecy, you know, and I'll be, and I looked around and there's some things that's not in the natural looking like what I thought they should look like right now. Uh, and, and if you got, if, and I'll be honest with you, if you got anything, if this, if this is something that agrees with you, just let me know in the comments. But there are some things in my life right now that wasn't looking like they were, that I thought they were looking like. I felt like I had talked to, I had taken some losses that should have been wins, right? It was some things adding up and things seemed like they were just not going in the direction I thought they should go in. And when they add, when a person asked that question that Sunday, I found myself thinking, you know what? I really do need to be focus more. I really do need to be doing those things because I really have kind of let some things that I was observing observing with my eyes cause me to hinder me from really pressing in and doing the things that I need to do to see that the will of God come to pass. And so tonight I want to talk about real quickly about pressing in, choosing to persevere. Because with faith, God has never promised us that anything would be easy. That's not a promise he made. But the promise he did make was that we would be victorious. And so tonight I want to start a series called Pressing In, I Choose to Persevere. All right. So let's get going in Philippians 3 verses 13 and 14. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Verse 14, it says, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, say, I will not give up no matter what it looks like. Go ahead and uh, make that confession before we get started uh, into the word. I will not give up no matter what it looks like. I refuse to cave in. I refuse to quit. I refuse to lay down. I will not give up no matter what it looks like. You got to understand that anyone who has ever experienced a miracle, miracle did not give up during tough times. Anybody who's ever experienced a miracle did not give up during tough times. The only indicate the indication of you exhibiting a miracle, experiencing a miracle, is an indication of the fact that you persevered, that you pressed in, and that you did not give up. It says the miracle, the deliverance, the breakthrough, and provision is always found on the other side of finishing. Miracles, deliverance, breakthrough, provision are always found on the other side of finishing, of the other, on the other side of pressing in, on the other side of persevering is where you're going to find the completed work. The complete, the reward isn't given to those that quit. The reward isn't given to those who cave in. The reward isn't given to those who are weak and faint in heart. The reward isn't given to those who lay down their faith. The reward isn't given to those who are discouraged and who do who choose not to operate in love. The reward isn't given to those. They will not see the goodness of the Father. Not because the Father doesn't give want to give it to them, but all of those things are experienced by faith and faith refuses to quit. Faith refuses to cave in. Faith refuses to stop pressing. Faith always perseveres. All right, here's a here's something we got to understand. There is no prize for those who choose not to cross the finish line. There is no prize for anyone who chooses not to cross the finish line. And so what we got to understand that our participation on Sundays, our participation on Wednesdays isn't finishing the race. What finishes the race? Our obedience every single day of our life. 
That's how we get to the finish line. It is looking at your body when it's in pain and saying, no, you will line up with the word of God. It's looking at your marriage when it's not the relationship you thought it would be and declaring that this marriage will prosper. It is looking at your bank account when you don't have enough money to make it through the month and still speaking that you're abundant, that you're above, that you're the head and tech, not to tell that you owe no man nothing but to love him, that you're a storehouse for the kingdom of God and you're a distribution center. It is looking at your reality and telling your reality that it will line up with the truth of what God has said. But an indication of that, a quick indication that you're not in faith and that you have quit and that you're no longer pressing in is that you're no longer saying what God has said. And I caught myself in some areas of my life. I was quiet. I wasn't saying what God has said. I was quiet. I wasn't I wasn't repeating. I wasn't echoing the promises of God so that my inner ear could see it and begin to paint an image of God's promises on the canvas of my imagination. I wasn't pressing in. And so what I have to realize is that there is no prize for Ralph when I don't cross the finish line. There's no prize for me for going. I mean, think about it. Coach, Coach Vaughn is a basketball coach. I mean, a track coach. None of his athletes, it doesn't matter how fast you ran the race. It doesn't matter how fast you got there. But if you chose to quit before the finish line, it, I could have, Usain Bolt, fastest man in the uh, 200. And I may be wrong, it may be broken by now. But he could run full speed while I run my slow pace. He could get to the finish line and things get so tough that he decided to quit one step before finishing. And it could take me a year and a half to get to the finish line. But the and I choose to cross it at year number two. But the only person that's going to get the prize is me. So don't you get messed up on how fast somebody else is moving. Don't you get messed up on how slow it seems like your progress is going. Baby, just don't quit. I choose to persevere. The enemy is trying to convince you. I love that, coach. Run through the line. Y'all might as well go ahead and say that. Say, I'll run through the line. I I'm committed. I'm going to run through the line. I'm going to press in. No matter the hurdles that's in my way, I am going to finish. If I can't jump over them, the Lord will equip me to run through them. I'll break it all. But what I will see is me running through that line. It says the enemy is trying to convince you that you cannot do what you have already done. Hear me. The enemy is trying to convince you that you cannot do the thing that you have already done. What do you mean, Pastor Ralph? Let's go to Isaiah 46 and 10. It says only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass. For I do whatever I wish. Oh, I love that. The Lord says, only I can tell you the future before it happens. Everything I have planned will come to pass. I do whatever I wish. So what has God already planned for you? Jeremiah 29, 11 tells, I, God says, I know the plans that I have towards you, right? That's what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. He says, I have plans for your health and your prosperity. He says in 3 John 2, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So the Lord says, I can do whatever I wish. This is what I wish. I wish that Courtney prospers. I wish that Courtney's souls prospers. I wish that Courtney's uh, body is, is, is healthy and is whole. So that's the thing that he has planned for us. And because God can do whatever he wish, he has already caused those things to be manifested on our behalf. But the thing is, if I don't cross the finish line and I don't get across the finish line and get to the thing, uh, through obedience and through acting on his word, then I can't receive the reward of persevering. I won't receive the reward uh, of exhibiting faith. I won't receive the reward of pressing in because I quit before my health manifested. I quit before my soul experienced prosperity. I quit before I got the six digit job. I quit before my relationship was restored. I quit before I was able to move to the destination I've already desired. Why? Because it looked a little contrary to what God had promised. 
garments. It looked a little different. I thought this was just going to be a little easier, God. I thought the manifestation of my healing was just going to be a little easier, Father. I thought the manifestation of my wealth was just going to be a little easier, God. I thought all these things would come just through because you said they would. And God has promised and he's well able, but we got to do something on our part. What else has he planned for us? God says, I plan for you to have victory. First Corinthians 15 and 57. I have already given you victory and I can do whatever I wish. Hallelujah. He said, I can do whatever I wish. So what do I wish? I wish victory on Brenda. I wish victory on Malaya. I wish victory on Don. I wish health and prosperity on them. Their soul prospers. That's your mind, your will, your imagination, your, your intellect, right? I wish all those things prosper. That's what the Lord says. And so because he has laid out those plans for us and he can do whatever he wished, that's what, how we know that it's already guaranteed. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 says, I will give you power to what? Get well. So the dunamis power, what's that power? That's knowledge, that's experience, that's understanding, that's everything. He says, I will equip you with the dunamis, the Holy Spirit, the power you need to obtain the wealth that I promised you. Why? God knows your capabilities. Because he knew you before he formed you in the belly of your mother. And he says, Malaya, here it is. You got everything you need. Nitra, here it is. You got everything that you need. Here, here it is, Leslie. Here it is, Mama Sam. Here it is, Malisha. You got everything that you need. I know your capabilities. I know that you can finish. But in order to finish, you got to lean more on my spirit than you do on your own ways. Because there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. And so many times we try to run the race in our own effort and we end up quitting because we're doing the thing that God has called us to do out of our flesh instead of doing it out of our spirit. And when we do things out of our flesh, our flesh leads to exhaustion. Our flesh leads us to frustration. Our flesh leads us to early termination and abortion of dreams because our flesh can never produce something that's designed to be produced by our faith in the spirit. And that's why we put lack pressing in, the ability to press in. That's why we quit. That's why we cave in. That's why we don't persevere because we lose focus of what God told us that we can have. Amen, Malaya. I have everything I need. I love it. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says this. Let's go there real quick. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. In other words, he's saying, I know all your capacities. I know all your weaknesses. I know all your strengths. I, I know every place that you are self-confident. And I know every place that you are, you're not as confident. He says, everything about you I know. He says, I know the number of hairs that's standing on your head. He says, I know you. I knew you. I was intimate with your past. I was intimate with your present. And I was intimate with your future. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's room, womb. He says, I'm already familiar with the sins you did commit. I'm already familiar with the sins you are committing. And I'm already familiar with the sins you will commit. But that's why I sent Jesus so that he can come and he and his blood can cover those sins. And I can put those things out of my remembrance as far as the east is from the east is from the west. Says, so I knew all about it, but now I don't remember it anymore. So why are you afraid to come to me in boldness? I don't remember your sin no more. You're not, there's no need to be ashamed. There's no need to be condemned. There's no need to disqualify yourself. I don't know the oh you. All I know is you in the wrapped in the blood of Jesus. I see you co-raised with Christ. So why don't you have those throne room realities? Why don't you paint on the canvas of your imagination the goodness that as a father that I have laid on you? Why don't you see yourself the way I see you? Because I have been intimate with your past. I am intimate with your present and I'm intimate with your future. I know what you want even when you don't know what you want. So just trust me and let me be God. And some of us, though, we need to come to the realness with God and ourselves that 
that you like, God, I want my family saved. God, I want my coworkers saved. God, I want my friends saved. But everything they doing right now is contrary to what you believe in. You praying, you fasting, you're doing all these things for these people so they'll know Jesus. And as you do that, everything you're doing, you're doing for them to be saved or in alignment with your faith for them to be saved is contrary. You want a new job and every time you apply for the job, you're getting a no. You're like, God, can this be easier? You know you heard God about debt deliverance. You know you heard God about the new house. You know you heard God about uh, the financial position. You know you heard God about the spouse. You know all of that, right? But as you heard God, everything that you're looking at is contrary to the thing that he has said. And what you really are going, and what some of us have done is said, you know what? I didn't really want to be married. You know what? I didn't really want that job. You know, it ain't that big of a deal if I don't get the house. Why? Because what you're doing is trying to protect your reputation and prevent failure. So you just make a decision to quit. Because it's easier to quit. It's easier to cave in. It's easier to stop pressing. It's easier to no longer persevere than to be out there looking crazy to the world. And you're talking about you're debt-free, you rich, and you owe no man nothing but to love them when you still got student loans and a mortgage. See, sometimes it looks crazy to, to those that don't know God and don't know about our God and don't know how intimate he is with, with our, our premises and who we are, that sometimes it looks crazy. And what we do, we just give in and cave in and quit to protect our ego. Why? Because I'd rather just quit now so the people don't think I'm crazy than to, 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 to continue believing God and for it not to show up. I'd rather just let myself down easy now and don't believe for dead deliverance than to just stay in there and persevere and do it and see God come to pass in my life. I'll just rather, because we think as believers that it's always going to be easy. And I don't know where we got that from. We think sometimes as believers that God's just going to swoop down and make all heartache go away. But he has never promised us easy. And we'll talk about that in a second. But you have to decide whether protecting your ego is more important than persevering. You got to decide whether protecting your reputation is more important than pressing in. You got to decide whether uh, going after the premises of God are more important than the opinions of man about you not do, I mean, not producing what you said you was going to have. Because at the end of the day, the ultimate thing is, is that you don't trust God. Because I have never asked someone I trusted for something and they told me they would do it. And then I had a concern whether it was going to get done or not. If I if I ask Coach Vaughn, if I ask, that's right, Coach, we don't take God seriously. If I ask Pastor Edwin to do something and he say, Pastor, Ed, I got you, I got you, son. I am not now second guessing what's happening. Why? Because over time he has proven himself to be reliable. And so what God is trying to do for many of us is to give us opportunities so that he can prove himself as reliable. That's why he's asking you just just a moment ago, April's like, hey, I got to have, I need to go get a white shirt wrap. I said, okay, cool. I said, the kids aren't bothering me. Go for it, babe. Go, go. And as she was walking out the door, I said, hey, April, go to Old Navy first. Now, y'all don't know my personality. I would never go to tell anybody to do that. But that's what the Lord said. And she's like, okay, babe, I go to Old Navy. She was on her way to Target. Uh, and so she got to Old Navy and she's like, "Rap, Old Navy had everything I needed. And I was like, well, good. Because you know, I ain't told you to go to Old Navy because I don't even like really shopping there. But I felt like that's what the Lord said. So that's why I told you. And every time we take a moment to exercise hearing the voice of God, it causes us to be more trustworthy of our ability to hear. God is always talking to us about things to say, things to do. And really what's all that's doing is, oh man, I really do hear God. 
I mean, I've been walking with God for a long time, but every time that happens, it increases my confidence that I hear him clearly. I I could care less about where she was going to get a white shirt. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was in my office chilling. She As she on the way out the house, she Lord, like, tell her where to go. He's always talking to us to get us to understand that we can depend on him even for the smallest of things. What does this do? It's like any good relationship. It builds trust over time. So that in tough times when he says, hey, God, uh, hey, Miss uh, uh, Sullivan, I got you. When he says destiny, I got you. When he says Leslie, I got you. You recall all those moments when he cared enough about the white shirt, when he cared enough to tell you to go left and you avoided direct and was in traffic 45 minutes, when he told you just to stay at home, when he told you that every little moment that you heard him and did what he said, it built up some confidence in your life. And so now when you're facing the opportunity and that family member you believe in God for and everything they're doing is contrary to your prayers, it's contrary to your belief, it's contrary to the vision that you have for their life, you hear God say, stay the course, son. And, and that reliability of his voice causes you to say, well, he ain't feel me yet. He cared enough about the white shirt. He cared enough about the house I lived in. He cared enough about me to parent my kids properly. He cared enough about this. I can trust God. And that's why it's so important that every time he gives us an opportunity to act, we should act. Why? Because it's building our confidence. Go ahead and say this. I will not cave in and I will not quit. So you got to understand there is no pressure to try to achieve what God has already promised. Our job is to believe him and not to give up. There is no pressure to try to achieve what God has promised. Our job is to believe him and not give up. The Lord was talking to me. He said, Ralph, he said, sometimes you get so focused on trying to obtain the promise that you forget about Matthew 6 and 33. We get so caught up with trying to manifest debt deliverance, trying to manifest healing, trying to manifest the relationship, trying to manifest the job, trying to manifest peace in mind, trying to manifest healing, that we forget about the, 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 the commandments. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He'll add all these things to you. Lord says, if you just seek my faith, face, and you just do what I need you to do, then you don't have to worry about healing. Healing will manifest itself. If you just seek my face face, and you just do what needs to be done in the kingdom, you don't got to worry about money because money will manifest itself. So many times you get so tired because you, you are pursuing something spiritual from an earthly standpoint because you're no longer operating in faith because you're quitting because you have taken your eyes off of God and all you see is the promise that he told you you can have. Selah. And you can't stay committed when your eyes are not on God. Ask Peter when he tried to walk in on water. He was doing well as long as his eyes was on God. But the moment he took his eyes off seeking the face of God, the moment he took his eyes off that he caved in, he went to drown. But God rescued him. And I'm telling some of you now, God heard you the first time. God, it was God's idea for you to be debt-free. It was God's idea for you to be in a relationship. It was God's idea for you to have a new job. It was God's idea for you to have peace of mind. It was God's idea for you to be rescued and free. It was God's idea for you to be liberated from all the things. It was God's idea for the generational curse to be broken through you. All of that was God's idea. And he says, ask me for it, Courtney. Ask me for it, Cynthia. Ask me for it, April, and watch me give it to you. And we ask for it in full faith. And after we ask, we got to believe and paint the image on the canvas of our imagination that it's done. And then we go back to seek ye first the kingdom of God. 
And so I'm not so focused on the debt freedom. I'm focused on seeking first the kingdom of God. God, who do you want me to bless today? Who do you want me to pray for today? Who do you want me to minister today? Because as I go do kingdom work, kingdom takes care of me as an ambassador. As I go do kingdom work, kingdom takes care of me as an ambassador. As I go sow season to other, the kingdom keeps my basket full. See, the woman with the, the widow woman and her child, the, 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 uh, the woman and her child who went to fix their last cake and, their, and their, had the lad, their oil in the meal and they were fixing their last cake. See, she didn't get caught up in her situation. She knew what it looked like. She told the man of God, we're about to eat our last cake and we're going to do what? Die. She, she saw the reality of the circumstance. And the man of God said, basically, seek ye first the kingdom by doing this. Obey God. And through obedience, abundance showed up for her. She never, The Bible says, the bird of meal wasted not. So, so many times you begin, you shift your focus from God to the promise. And you, ex, you put all your energy in chasing the premise instead of chasing God. Seeking first the kingdom. Why? Because in seeking the kingdom, all things will be added to you. All things. So 1 Corinthians 15 and 57. All right. It said in a mirror translation, it says, your victory is not a maybe. Hallelujah. My victory is not a maybe. Because of the magnanimous doing of Jesus Christ, it is a given. Go ahead and type that in the comments. Say, my victory is guaranteed. My victory is guaranteed. It says, but now in a single victorious stroke of life, all three, sin, guilt, and death are gone. For the gift of our master, Jesus Christ, thank God. It says in verse 58, for this reason, you can afford to be absolutely what? Settled. I love that. Absolutely settled and rock solid in faith's persuasion and always ready to go beyond where you would have gone before. Hallelujah. For this reason, you can afford to be absolutely civil and rock solid in faith persuasion and always ready to go beyond where you have gone before. Your doing now is inspired by your knowing that you are in him. Well, that sounds like Colossians to me. That's what it sounds like to me. I was, I, I, I was co-raised with Christ, right? That's what it sounds like to me. You're doing now is inspired by your knowing that I am in him. If his resurrection is yours, then his victory over sin and death is what? Equally yours. It's equally yours. It's equally yours. So if his resurrection is yours, then his victory over sin and death is equally yours. So, I persevere because I'm in Christ. I don't get tired because I see myself in Christ. I don't get tired because I dwell on throne room realities. I don't get tired because I imagine myself co-raised with Christ, seated with the Father. I don't get tired because I know that my victory has been guaranteed. I don't get tired because the Bible says, if I faint not in due time, I shall reap. I don't get tired. Because all of those things are not a maybe, but they are guaranteed. They're not a, see, see, we got too many people. That's why we got to tame our team. Some of us have had too many people in our lives, people that we love and people of value that ain't been consistent for you. It ain't nothing like having somebody that's consistent for you so that you can understand what a good relationship looks like. It ain't nothing like having a daddy, a father that you can call. And, 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 and when you call him, he'll show up. And see, so many of us never had that, that, that it, it is hard to imagine a daddy that, that, that will just come and take care of you because you ain't never had that. But that's why you got to move from your flesh to your spirit and allow God 
to tell you about the white shirts of the Old Navy. You got to let God be the God of the tissue paper, as Pastor C said. You got to let God be the God of the down payment on the house. You got to be let God be the God that gives you new shoulders and give you new eyeballs. You got to let God be the God that restores a relationship that everybody said that would have been broken. You just got to let God be God. And by letting God be God, it builds up confidence for perseverance. Because you do realize it requires confidence. It says this. Uh, oh, that's another thing I had in there to say. If you just don't quit on his promise, you will see God come through. Go ahead and go ahead and tag a friend. Tell, tag a friend and say, if, if you just don't quit on his promise, you will see God come through. Because right now, in the middle of this year, some of y'all are questioning the word from God. Right now, in the middle of the year, some of y'all are questioning whether Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean heard what they heard. Leave that up, say it. Some of us right now, right, because I really do, I want you to tag a friend. Tag somebody that you don't see here and just tell them, if you, don't, if you just don't quit on this promise, you'll see God come through. Leslie, if you just keep going, even if it's at a snail's place, baby, you'll still see God come through. It ain't a matter of how fast you get there. The thing is, just don't cave in. The thing is, just don't quit. The thing is to remain steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom. If you just get caught up with doing for God and making sure the kingdom is taken care of, then every single thing you need will come to pass. If you just don't quit on his promise, you'll see God come through. And see, I understood that because as growing up, uh, I played football. You take it down and say thanks. As growing up, I played football. And I loved football. I loved football a lot. Uh, and I would play catch. And me and my brother would run plays in our free time. Grandma would be like, boys, y'all got to come in the house because we just love playing outside so much. We lifted weights with nobody access to because we wanted to get stronger. We played, and I played, I was four years younger than my brother, so I played football with my big brothers uh, and his friends, and I got hurt a couple times, but it just made me better, right? Because you did that because I wanted to be better. It says, I didn't wait until the district championship game. See, so many times believers wait till the test is there before they ever start preparing. So many times we wait until the last minute before we ever we ever start preparation for the opportunity. You asking God, God, I thank you that the job is mine, making this this making this amount. God, I thank you that the relationship is mine. God, I thank. See, right now God is trying to uh, give you the relationships that you that you need. God is trying to set you up for a future that you hope for. And he's trying to talk to you about your attitude. He's trying to talk to you about your spending. He's trying to talk to you about your the about your confidence. He's trying to talk to you about your reliability, your reliability and your integrity. He's trying to talk to you about that thing because boo is there, but boo is looking for the image in which God is trying to bring you into. And so it's not God's fault you're not in relationship. It's your fault that you're not walking out the things he's telling you to do to receive the promises. Why? Because when opportunity presents itself, you weren't prepared. And the, your failure for preparation caused you to miss out on the inheritance of the thing that God had for you. And see, we just think that God is going to always bring things back around. No, baby, it's times you just miss out and there's no repeat because you weren't prepared for the opportunity. See, when I played football I, in the fourth quarter, I didn't wait to prepare for the fourth quarter in the fourth quarter. When it's three minutes on the clock, and you losing by six, and you got the ball. It wasn't the first time I saw myself running the touchdown. It wasn't the first time I saw myself blocking for the teammate. It, it wasn't the first time I saw myself making the tackle that prevented them from scoring. That wasn't the first time I did that. Every day I went to practice, I imagined myself or my teammate scoring the goal we need to win. Do every day. That's why the Bible says, study, <laughs> study, renew your mind. Be not conformed to this world. 
Now, I mean, that's why he tells us to do that. Why? Because every day he's trying to get us to paint on the canvas of our imagination, the picture of victory that's been guaranteed for us to have. So even though you played hard in the first quarter, even though I played hard in the second quarter, even though I came out after halftime and I gave it 100%, I was still ready for the first quarter. Why? Because on the canvas of my imagination, I saw it was victorious. In sports, we understand that victory doesn't come without opposition. Somewhere in the body of Christ, we gotta all we, we we don't believe that, but we must understand it's the same for the kingdom. Victory does not come without opposition. Without imagination, it's impossible to persevere for the promise. Courtney, without using your imagination. It's impossible to persevere for the promise. Why? Because you can't run towards anything that ain't there. And that's why a lot of us are in the same situation that we were in last year. We're no different than we were the year before. We're in the same place that we were. Why? Because there's nothing painted on the canvas of your imagination. The promises of God are only written in the word and not not written in. That's why the Bible says, hide, that's why the Lord says, hide my word in your heart. In other words, he's saying, say it, paint on the canvas of your soul. That's your mind, your will, your imagination, your intellect. He says, paint on your, your soul, on the canvas of your imagination, all the promises that I've given you so that you may see that promise and you may run towards it. Why? Because pressing requires a picture. Perseverance requires a picture. I, I kept pursuing April even when she broke up with me because I had a picture. And that was holding her hand into eternity. I had a picture that a no wasn't going to stop me. When we got our house, I had a picture. I didn't have no money. I didn't have no down payment. I didn't have nothing, but I had a premise of God and I had a picture. When, when the doctors told me that my grand, my mama was going to die, and I didn't even know the Lord that well then. I was like nine years old, and I was in that chapel room. That chaplain was talking to us and telling us what our last words would be to my mama. And, and I was like, Lord, I didn't know you, but I know that you're a healer. I heard about you. You know, I heard about you being a healer. And, and, uh, and I said, Lord, if you, if you, I just need you to heal my mama. And, and even then, I had a picture. I had a picture of sinner at my graduation. I had a picture of sinner uh, come to my football games. I had a picture on the canvas of my imagination. I painted the thing that God had promised, even though I didn't know every scripture, even though I didn't know all those things. What I did know is that God was faithful and that he would heal. And so, so many times we can't persevere in the face of adversity because we don't have anything painted on the canvas of our imagination. We don't have his premise instilled in our hearts. We haven't hidden those premises in our heart. So when the person that we're believing to be saved looks different, they 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 OD over, I mean, they, they have another relapse. We're like, Lord, they ain't going to ever be saved. When we're believing God for debt deliverance and an unexpected bill show up, it's like, Lord, I will always be broke. Because why? On the canvas of your imagination, you haven't painted the guaranteed premises that God has already told you you're going to have. And without an image, without a picture, there will never be any pressing. Without a picture, without the premises of God, painted on the canvas of your imagination, you will not persevere. You will cave in and you will quit because you will try out of flesh to achieve only that which can be done by faith. The just shall live by faith. That the just not shall, the just won't live by their own fortitude. The just won't live by their own effort. The just won't live by their own energy. The just shall live by faith. What is faith? Faith is established where a will of, was the will of God is known. Once you get a word from God, that's what establishes faith. What does that word do? That word gives you an image to paint on the canvas of your imagination so that you can press in and persevere even when my body was hurting. I thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. 
even when my mama still had all that stuff in her body, a respirator and all those things, I still saw the vision that God said should be healed. What are you not seeing that God has promised you? You need to get in the word so that you can do what? You can press in so that you can persevere. Let's say this again. Regardless of what it looks like, I will not quit. Ecclesiastes 5, we're getting close to our time. Ecclesiastes 5 and 3 says this, for a dream comes with much business and painful effort. A dream comes for much business and painful effort and a fool's voice with many words. See, we want the dream to come with little business and no effort. And we're just being honest with ourselves. We want God to be a genie in a bottle that we pray three times and then he produced a promise. We want God to be a genie in a bottle where we we give three times and then we debt free and we deliver. We want God to be a genie in a bottle and we just come to church three times. And the Lord, you know, I done did well this month. I done came to refresh like they asked us to. I done came to Tuesday night prayer like they asked us to. I done came to Friday night prayer like they asked us to, God. And I even showed up on Sunday on time, Lord. Hallelujah. I declare that everything I need is, is, is there because I done showed up for four services. Because you know, Lord, they did say the four things we need to do this year was come to every, not miss a service. And they said, take communion more often. And they said, pray in the Holy Spirit, uh, 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 pray in the Holy Spirit an hour a day. You know, that's what they said to do, Lord. I, I've been doing those, right? But what else is he asking you to do on your personal level? What about that thing you doing that he told you not to do? Right? that personal perversion that he told you. I mean, because we honest, we all got it. What, what, what's that personal perversion? Whether that's eating that extra piece of cake when he told you to leave it alone. Whether that's watching the extra TV show when he told you not to watch it. Whether that's applying for the job because it made more money when he told you to stay put. What, is, what, what are you doing that's causing you to invite the enemy to wreak havoc in your life. Obedience is a protector. Go ahead and say that. Say obedience is a protector. Obedience is a protector. Let me hear it and finish so we can get out, uh, so we can end on time. So, so, but in, but as I was telling you guys, a dream comes from much business and painful effort and a fool's voice of many words. And most of the time we read that, we, we kind of take it out of scripture. So I want to take a moment and, and talk about what that, is uh, from the Greek standpoint, right? So we we hear that a dream comes through a multitude of work and painful effort. So a dream comes through doing something, right? And it comes through effort. And you're like, well, Ralph, I thought the Bible says the yoke is easy, right? And the Bible does say the yoke is easy in Matthew 11 and 30. It does says that, but we got to do work and we got to do have effort. And so, but God never told us that things were going to be easy. So let's read Matthew 11 and 30. It says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That word yoke in the Greek, let me tell you what it means. It means good. It means helpful. It means kind. And it means profitable. It means good. It means helpful. It means kind and profitable. So he didn't say my yoke is easy in the sense that you ain't got to work. He didn't say that my yoke was easy in the sense that you won't have opposition. He says, my yoke is good. It is helpful, it is kind, and it's profitable. In other words, his yoke was another word for his assignment, your assignment. The yoke was another word for the task. He says the yoke, the assignment on Nietzsche's life, the assignment on Malaya's life, the assignment on uh, Leslie and Courtney's life, the assignment on Don's and Brenda's life and, and, and Kirk's life. He said it's good for them. It is helpful for them. It is kind to them and it will be profitable for them. It fits you. So in other words, Matthew 11 and 30 saying is, the thing that my, my yoke is easy. My yoke fits you. It fits you. It's designed just for you. And it will bring you good profit. And he says, and my burden will be light. So this does not translate things will be easy. It translates that the thing God has called you to do, it is good for you. It is helpful for you. It'll be kind to you and it's possible for profitable for you. It fits you perfectly. I love it. So, so I'll read that now. 
Ralph Yoke fits him perfectly. It's, it's good for him. It's kind to him and it's profitable to him. That's what the Lord is saying when he says my yoke is easy. It's not easy in the sense that it won't require hard work. It's not easy in the sense that it won't require effort. It's not easy in the sense that it won't require pressing in and perseverance. It's easy in the sense that it's only designed for you and it perfectly fits. It perfectly fits. So when this was spoken, it was for it was from us wearing our yoke and carrying the burden of the word to form a spiritual place and from a spiritual place and not our flesh. And so you got to understand that in the birth of anything required effort. Anything that's birth requires effort. So the promises of God manifesting in this earth will require effort. I, you're right, Courtney Barnes. I'm going to holler. God customized his yoke for me. Every single one of us has a customized yoke. That's what's easy. Have you ever purchased some clothing and it just fit you so well? It felt so good on your body. That's how God's yoke is for you. His yoke is easy. It fits you perfectly. It's designed to be good to you, to be helpful for you, to be kind to you, and profitable for you. That's what the yoke is designed to, to be. But it's not easy in the sense that it comes without what? A multitude of work and much effort. So you can look through all eternity, and what you will find is this. Nothing was ever created without effort, even when it's a promise of God. Nothing was ever created without an effort, even when it was a promise from God. So you got to understand that even when God stepped onto earth and saw that it was dark, it took effort to create light. What was that effort for God? He had to say something. And I want to ask you, man, woman of God, what you've been saying? See, God saw something that was contrary to what the promise said. So God said what he said because he knew what the promise was. The promise was that the earth was going to be a replica of heaven. And so when he stepped into earth, and earth was without form. When he stepped into earth, and earth was dark. When he stepped into earth, and earth was, uh, was desolate, he said, this isn't what I imagined. So he, so, so he said something different. I hope y'all caught that. What in your life isn't what you imagine, according to the promise of God? And are you saying something different? Body, you trying to hurt, but I call you healed in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I'm healed. I thank you, Lord, that you wish above all things I'd be healed. I thank you, Lord, that you said that I could declare a thing that shall be so. So body line up. There's nothing broken in heaven, and I call heaven into this earth as an ambassador of God. I have access to everything in heaven. So I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that my body is healed. Why? Because... If I want to give birth to something, it's going to take effort. And sometimes that effort looks like, hey, Ralph, go walk. Hey, Ralph, don't eat drink soda. Hey, Ralph, stop eating pork. Hey, Ralph, stop eating meat. Hey, Ralph, eat more vegetables. Hey, Ralph, drink water. Oh, no, the Lord can't heal me that way. Don't be like that man where his servants had to say, look, dude, just go dip in the Jordan seven times. Like, 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 if, do you want your healing or no? And so I ask you, believer, do you want your healing or no? Do you do, do you think you're smarter than God or no? Like, just do it his way. Why? Because he has already created your victory, but you got to go by the GPS to get to the destination. He knows where your victory is located. He knows where your provision is located. He knows where boo is located. But if you don't trust God to take you there, then you'll be wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, not to inherit the thing that he has already promised you. Don't be like the children of Israel. Just do what God says. But everything birth takes effort. When Noah was told to build the ark, the ark just didn't show up. For, for over a hundred years, Noah's built. That took effort. Like, like we, it takes effort. He wasn't out there praying and fasting and singing worship songs to God. He could have been doing all that. But you know what else he was doing? Putting nails in wood 
getting tar and filling the gap so it was waterproof. It took effort. When Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, it wasn't just praying he was doing. It wasn't just, just kumbaya he was doing. He was physically moving his body and gathering other people. Why? Because birth takes effort. Liberty takes effort. Freedom takes effort. You got to press in. You got to persevere. Uh, we got a troll. Hold on. All right. So when David returned from Ziglag, right? When David returned from Ziglag and Ziglag was destroyed, he was tired. He was tired. He was exhausted. He was heartbroken. He was distraught. Somebody say he was in his feelings. Yeah, yeah, he was in his feelings. David was in his feelings. David had just left to go fight in a war he was asked to fight in. He got there and they told him that he couldn't fight in the war. So him and all his men came back down to Ziglag. And by the time they took the three days journey, see, some of us would have been messed up because we wouldn't have walked to go to war for three days. Uh and got there and got turned around. We've been all, we have already been uh, in our feelings. We've already been upset. We have already been bothered by the fact I just walked three days to go fight in the war. Now you don't need me. We, we, it, we, I can't say the word I say, but we, we are highly agitated because we have put in much effort with no reward. So David now three days back home walking with his man, get back home and his children and their wives are gone. You can only imagine the heartache and the pain that David was feeling at that time. And so David had a choice to make, like you and I have a choice to make. See, that bill coming up, unprepared, that tire blowing out, that hot water heater going out, the roof needing to be replaced, a new car needed, the windows broke, your kids need to go on, on a trip for school, all those things. Yeah, that the, 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 the sickness showing back up, the spouse acting a fool, the kid being disobedient, the job laying you off, all of those produced emotions just like David had when he came from Ziglag. And so not only was David there, but then his soldiers was like, David, we want to kill you, basically. You the one, you the reason our wives are gone. Had we been here, our kid, we could have protected our kids. And David had to go and separate and get himself together. And he asked the Lord, Lord, shall I pursue? In the midst of his heartache, in the midst of his pain, in the midst of his emotional distraught, being emotionally distraught, in the midst of depression and sadness, his thing, he said, okay, 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 I got to get myself together. Let me go to God. He didn't let the observations made by his flesh cause him to lose focus. Man and woman of God, are you letting the observations of your flesh cause you to lose focus of the promises of God? Are you letting exhaustion of your body cause you to lose focus of God? Are you letting the pain from the absence of being in a relationship cause you to forfeit your purity because you just want somebody to lay up with? Everybody else got somebody, God, why can't I? Everybody else got a job, God, uh, uh, in Atlanta, why can't I move to Atlanta, right? You're using the crowd mentality to try to convince God. God ain't going to be convinced. He made up his mind. Why? Because you were formed in your belly. Before you were formed in your belly womb, he, he knew you. He knew the plans that he had towards you, right? So even in the midst of earth acting a fool, I have to remain focused. And David went and did something that we don't always do, but we should do a lot more of. David said this. David asked God, God, shall I pursue? See, 
It wasn't just a question that David needed answered. It was God's, he needed God's voice because David understood that his faith could be established only on a word from God. So David went to God and said, God, shall I pursue? Why? Because he needed to establish faith because once a man is in faith, then he always sees the end of the thing that God has promised. And God says, surely you shall pursue and surely you'll overtake them. Are you going to God and asking God for a word or are you pursuing without a word? And if so, you are pursuing without faith and you're wasting your time. I think that's a quote in there said if you grab it. Are you pursuing without a word? If so, you are pursuing without faith and you're wasting your time. You made it up that God said that. God didn't really say that because you didn't really ask him. You made it up. And see, that's why we go back to the reliability of hearing God. Ralph, tell her to get a white shirt from Old Navy. I wasn't invested in her shopping experience. Not the least bit. Didn't care. Go on, baby. Have fun. But every time you hear God, it increases the reliability and your confidence that you heard him. So David is like, I hear God. I heard him when I killed the bear. I heard him when I killed the lion. I heard him when I killed the lion. So right now, God, what are you saying? What can I hear? Because whatever I hear, my faith will be established and I consider it done. So I ask you, man and woman of God, is the fact that you stop and pressing, is the fact that you not persevering because you really don't got a word from God? You doing something out of your flesh and you wasting your time, you wasting your family's time, you wasting the kingdom's time. Because you're pursuing endeavors that God has never given you a word to do. Because you're not seeking first the kingdom of God, therefore he's not obligated to add all these things to you. And you could be doing good stuff. You could be doing things that's for the ministry. You could be out there being the best greeter, the best, best usher, the best children's church person in the world. But are you doing what God said do? And so once David got that word from God, he pursued And what we know the end of the story. We know the end of the story. So let's wrap up. Hebrews 10, 10, 25. Sorry, 35 says this. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Or in other, and I love what it says in the mirror translation. It says, I urge you not to relinquish. Hallelujah. Your confident conversation, persuasion and God's achievement in Christ. Redefines the idea of reward and confirm what grace reveals. We're short on time, so let me just keep going to where I need to go. Verse 36 out of King James Version. It says, for you have need of what? Endurance. You have need of patience. You have need of consistency. You have need of perseverance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. What you say now? So you telling me, Pastor Ralph, that I could be doing everything right. I could be praying. I could be fasting. I could be giving. I could be doing all of that. And the fact that I'm not seeing God isn't because I'm doing anything wrong. Yes, sweetheart. Yes, brother. You, the Bible says, for have you, for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, so he's saying, after you've done the will of God, you still going to need to persevere. After you've done the will of God, you still need endurance. Why? So you may receive the promise. Quit caving in and quitting and coming up with more things to do because you feel like you're not doing enough. If God said, God taught me that so clearly. I had quit a job because God said quit. And it was like July and I hadn't got another job. And I was in my uh, laundry room and I was I was really distraught because I'm like, I'm not distraught, but I was like, I was messed up with all like, God, you said it's a good job. I did, but I don't got a new job, Father. Um, so what are we doing here, God? And I was ironing, and he said, just let me be God. He said, just, just let me be God. So I was just in there singing. I'm like, oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. 
And I just started crying. Yes, Jesus loves me. Before I knew it, like within 24 hours, I had two job offers to be an administrator. And he's like, just let me do my job. He says, he says, because even though you had done my will, even though you had done everything I needed, there's still this time period where endurance, the Bible says, let patience have our perfect work so you may be perfect in the entire wanting nothing. So many times we're like, if we're not seeing the promises of God come to pass immediately, we always think that we haven't checked off a box. God isn't doing for you, baby, based off your actions anyway. He's doing for you based off his own promises. It's not you checking off the boxes moving God anyway. It's God being moved by the fact that he swore by himself that he'll bless you. But yes, even after you've done the will of God, you still need to employ endurance so that you may receive the promise. It says in a, uh, in a mayor translation in verse 36, employ patience as you continue to echo the poetry of God's desire for you to possess the promise. The promise is the gift of faith and not a reward for behavior. See, there it is. That's the scripture for you. The promise is a gift of faith and not a reward for your behavior. He says you need to echo the poetry of God's desire. So you, in other words, remind yourself daily, hey, this is a year of release. This is a year of recompense. This is a year of seven to one. This is a time where my seemingly unimportant things I do for God will cause great harvest in my life. This is the time. And I know as we read this, it talks about the return of Christ in Hebrews 37. It says, for yet a little while, he will he who is coming will come and will not tarry. That I know it talks about Christ, but this is what the Lord said to me. He says, when you paint the image of my premises onto the canvas of your imagination, time becomes insignificant as your possession of the promise and the reality of its goodness is now realized. He says, your physical experience will seem like a replay of what you already experienced through your faith. Oh, say I got the scripture. Let me read free for you. Hebrews 10, 37. Time becomes insignificant once the promise is what? Realized. It, it's easy to persevere when I got God's promises painted on the canvas of my imagination. Uh, I think it's Gloria Copeland or Kevin Copeland said, when you're willing to stand forever, you don't got to stand for long. And the Lord told me, he said, clearly, he says, Ralph, this is a thing for believers. This, and I'm telling you what he told me. He says, when you have the image of God, because when y'all tell me, when is faith? Faith is what? Now, when you paint the image of God onto the canvas of your imagination, when you see that thing in the physical, it's just like, okay, I see you because you've already lived in it in the spiritual. And it was so real, real to you in the spiritual that the time it took for manifestation was insignificant because you already possessed it the moment you believed. And so a lot of times we cave in and we don't press in and we don't persevere because there ain't nothing on our canvas of our imagination. We let the image, kind of like when me, me and April went on vacation, we was on a beach and there was a picture drawn on the beach and that picture was clear. But as, as water as, as erosion, as things began to rub across it, the picture went from something that was vivid to looking just like everything else. And the Lord was like, that's why you got to constantly stay in my word. That's why you got to echo the premises of God. That's how, why you got to rehearse throne room realities. Why? Because it's keeping the canvas of your imagination clearly identified with the premises of God. And so every time opposition shows up, you see the premise of the house. Every time pain shows up in the body, you see the premise of healing. Every time you have the press of thoughts, you see the premise of peace of mind. Why? Because when you echo the premises of God and you see those images painted on the imagine, canvas of your imagination, you will press in, you will persevere, and you will not quit. And so that's part one to our series, Pressing In, the choice to persevere. We'll keep rolling with this. And so that's it for tonight. We're right at an hour and two minutes. So I went over slightly, but I don't apologize for that. 
but I will not quit. I will persevere. I will not quit. I will persevere. Why? Because I will paint the images. I will echo the images of God's promises. I will paint those things on the canvas of my imagination. And just like David came to God for a word in the midst of opposition, I go to God for a word. And that word will establish my faith. And so David saw himself overtaking them. David saw himself kissing his wife. David saw himself embracing his children. On the canvas of his imagination, it gave him the ability to overcome the exhaustion of his body. It gave him the ability to overcome the 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 the, the, the overrising feelings of his emotions and his distress. Why? Because God will give you everything you need to experience the promises that he has already given to you. So be blessed. Let's go over these announcements real quick. Uh, today's Wednesday. Friday, join us. Friday at 6.30. We got prayer at 6.30 in the morning, Champion Circle. Sunday, we are, I'm not sure if we're having worship Sunday morning because I know, I don't think so because, uh, well, go like, follow Pastor Chris's page just in case she does it. But I know they'll be at their uh, uh, intensive with Pastor Sean. Uh, on Sunday mornings, John, Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean at 9.30 a.m. for uh, Sunday morning uh, worship. Monday, join Pastor Sean for Strategies for Success. Tuesday, join us for prayer at 8 p.m. And then Wednesdays, join us at 7 for Ignite. You have on uh, Victory Zone On Demand. And then join us on uh, at 8 p.m. for Refresh Bible Study. All right. Remember, uh, July 31st is our huddle, 11 o'clock Central Standard Time. Be there. Also, presentation of scholarship. And then uh, don't forget, it is scholarship month, all month. So make sure that you're giving to that uh, throughout the month. And then, you know, at FOC, we're 100% givers, tithers. So those are the ways that you can tithe, give a file, push pay, tally, text to give, or PayPal at FOC Church, NWA.com. I mean, it's FOC Church, NWA at gmail.com. All right. So I pray that you're blessed by the word. Uh, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord, your personal Savior, just say this, Lord, I, I accept you into, Jesus, I accept you into my life as Lord. I want to live a life in the kingdom, and I declare that you are both my Savior and you're my Lord, and every day I'll live, I'll live it for you. And then get connected. Become a partner. FOC is one of the best churches around. It's not the church for everybody, but it's a church for a whole lot of people across the globe. So you can visit focchurch.com and go scroll down to partnership and become uh, one of our covenant partners today. All right. You guys be blessed and go be do good work for the Lord. Bye-bye.